0: Shear 16. It is very hard to believe we're we're here. We are now starting what we might call the second half. The second half of the principles, starting the seventh principle. We're going to hand out the sheets. This is by far the longest one. By far. If you look, it actually continues to the second page. It actually continues... uh, on the second side, all the way to the bottom. We're not going to read all of it. So the title for the she'er is Man's Road to Angelhood. Um, so we're not going to read the, through the whole thing. If you could just read the first... Basically, read until there's a break in the line in the Rambam's Commentary to the Mishnah. Basically, read ending, ending at the words... Without an angelic intermediary, you can just stop over there because that second part, that's going to be next week in Ritz Hashem. So we're just going to focus on the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu tonight and why that's relevant to us. Why that's relevant uh, to our lives? That's going to be the the focus here. So I would I would say, by means of introduction, of Weinberg explained that there's a fundamental difference between. The text of the animamin as we have it, and the Rambam's text, the Rambam's text and the commentary to the Mishnah, because the Rambam's text and the commentary of the Mishnah includes lots of facts which are true, but not necessarily an essential element of the article of faith. In other words, the Rambam holds that a person, in order to be a Jew in good standing, needs to believe in the 13 principles. You need to know the 13 principles. He doesn't mean that every Jew needs to memorize all of this. <laughs> all right? That's not, that's not, strictly speaking, necessary. strip down to its, to its basics. We have the text of the animamin, the truth of the Nebuah of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is the quote-unquote father of Nevi'em. Those who come before and after will focus more on that next week. But this week's Parsha talks about the belief in Moshe Rabbeinu which is going to be focused on in greater detail next week, which is just the timing is impeccable. Uh, Hashem runs the world. So we're going to focus on the Jewish people's belief in Moshe Rabbeinu. we say that the Jews say at the... The Prophet says about the Jews in the Yamsaf, Vayaminu Moshe Avdo. The Jewish people believed in Hashem and in Moshe. So we're going to talk about the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu, which is just reading through it. It's just... You know, mind boggling, and why this is extremely important for every Jew to know. That's the setup that we're going to do tonight. So, any points that you picked out from this Moshe Rabbeinu, I don't know, those shemen, we got to find the right term. Not eulogy, not elegy, but it seems like uh, incredible praise of Moshe Rabbeinu. Any points that, came, that come to mind, any points that were surprising? in Okay, great. That he did. Okay, fantastic. Great. So Moshe Ben was called what? He had a speech impediment. Okay. Great. Okay. So that we just we spoke about last time, right? We spoke about Moshe Ben's speech impediment after the class. We 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 spoke about that. Great. So to me, the points that I got out were that Moshe Rabbeinu was the greatest human being who ever lived. He understood more of the spiritual world than any other person. He transcended humanity, and he became almost like a malach. The term of the, uh, the words in the parish of Mishnayas, his <inaudible> His elevation reached to the point that he transcended humanity. <inaudible> until he got to the level of being a malach. He's included in, in, literally as an angel. So I want to focus on how Moshe Rabbeinu came Moshe Rabbeinu. How did Moshe Rabbeinu become so great? So on the one hand, Moshe Rabbeinu is born as an extraordinary person. Chazal say that Amram, who was Moshe Rabbeinu's father, was the of Ladur. He was the greatest person in the generation, and is someone who was born and died without sin. Amram. The pasuk says that when Moshe Rabbeinu was born, they opened up and they saw that oso kitofu. They saw that Moshe Rabbeinu was good. What do you mean? People say, "Is your baby a good baby?" Right. That's uh, the correct term of that is, no, my baby's evil baby, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. You, you know, sinister and, you know, obviously the, that question is really, is your baby an easy baby or a difficult baby, right? Every baby is good, right? So the, the Gemara site this says as follows. There are three different opinions about how he was good. says, Nehemia says, Moshe Rabbeinu was born fitting to be a Navi. Acherim Aimrim, others say, Nailad Keshehu Mahal, Maishraibin was born, circumcised. The Chachamim Aimrim, the say, Bishash Nailad the time that Maishraibin was born, Nismali Habayas kulay ar. the whole house became filled with light. Because the word Tov, the first time the word Tov appears in the Torah, which is, symbolizes the essence of that word, is Hashem saw the light that it was good. So, Moshe Rabinu is clearly born special. Even more shocking. In other words, right now, we seem to be minimizing Moshe Rabinu's greatness. Almost like It's almost like he was given this. The Raman and the Laws of abed talks about Moshe Rabinu's role in Jewish history. The Jews came down to Mitzrayim, and they started slipping into their ways, and they started serving abed and because Hashem loved us so much, Asa, Moshe, he made Moshe Rabbeinu, Rabban Shal Kol the Rabbi of all prophets, Ushlachai, and sent him to redeem us. In other words, the Jewish people were in such a bad spot, Hashem needed to make somebody who was going to be worthy of saving the Jewish people. So I called my Rabbi two nights ago, Rabbi Shraga Neuberger, who's been here a few times, and I asked him, it's almost like it's taking away his greatness. So he said, what are you talking about? It's a Pasak. The Pasach says in Shmuel Aleph, Hashem Asher Asa es Moshe VS Aaron, <laughs> Hashem who made Moshe and Aaron. The Sferna explains, and he told me about the Sferna, the Sferna is one of the great commentaries on the Chumash. Located in the Mikraos Gedolos, larger amount of commentaries in in that Chumash. Hashem gave Moshe Rabbeinu more nevuah that is physically possible for a human being to have, in order that the Torah should be given through him. Ah, so what does this have to do with Aaron? Because When you make Moshe Rabbeinu, quote-unquote, what you're doing is you're creating a person who's transcending the regular rules of the spiritual world. Aaron Kohen was turned into a Kohen, which meant that his essence was changed. He became elevated, holy. All of his children had that DNA, right? In order that not only Aaron should be holy, but all of his children should be holy forever. Hashem did all of this because of Hashem's tremendous love for us. But on the other hand, Moshe Rabbeinu was also the greatest human being in terms of his own merits. When the Ramam talks about Bechira, free will, which we'll hopefully talk about more in depth. When the Ramam says, every person has the ability to, you know, choose and make proper decisions, make the right decisions or the wrong decisions, to be a tzaddik or a rasha, Adam every person can be righteous like Moshe. That's the highest pinnacle. And the worst, on the other, on the other hand, he could be a wicked person like Yiravim ben Nevat, who led all of the Jewish people to serve idols. But the epitome of righteousness not just of just, you know, naturally getting to, naturally being at a high madrega, but at Sadik, which we're understanding as a free will decision, right? That's Moshe Rabbein. So the, if you look at the introduction of the Meshech Chachma to Shmos. Meshech Chachma was written by Avmer Simcha Cohen. He died in the 1910s. Tremendously profound and deep commentary. The pasuk says in Precious Yisra that the Jewish people will believe in you forever. The Meshech Chachma wonders how could they? How could Hashem say that? Everyone has free will. Maybe Moshe Rabbeinu could choose afterwards. It's a shocking thing to say, but the Meshech says this. Maybe Moshe Rabbeinu would choose after that to add something onto the Torah which really wasn't there. Who could make that guarantee without? almost forcing Moshe Rabbeinu to get to that point of being a tzavik forever. The Meshachah says something shocking, that Moshe Rabbeinu worked on himself so hard until he left. I shouldn't say so hard because, especially as a therapist, you're not going to like that. He worked on himself so smart, he brought out the best out of himself that he could until he lifted himself to be such a high madrega that he transcended his humanity. Once he reached that level of being a Malach, Bechir was almost taken away from him. Now again, the point, I forgot who made it, how can Moshe Rabbeinu make his errors, quote unquote? Right? And that's a question that that I brought out in the sheet. But the point is that Moshe Rabbeinu is not just produced, he's self-made. Right? So we have to look at Moshe Rabbeinu as being a, quote unquote, a self-made man as well. So of course you read this and this is just like, it seems tremendously irrelevant. Um, You know, we're finding out about the greatness of a human being. We don't even know what it means to be a Navi. Just reading about a Navi last time, that a Navi had total control over himself. His Yetzirah doesn't beat him. He always beats his Yetzirah, even that's beyond. Now we're talking about Moshe Rabbeinu who is literally a Malach. So, I want to bring out an incredible point that the Ramchal talks about in the CLC Yeshiva. Remember the horse and rider, Mashal? Mashal, you remember that? The horse and the rider, the body and the neshava. Right? So, we spoke about the, the relationship of the body and the soul in terms of taking care, you have the soul. And you got to take care of your horse because if you don't have your horse producing for you, then you're, you're not going to be able to get anywhere. But it really goes a lot deeper than that. I looked it up and I saw that there's a, I remember there's a name of a certain mythical creature that's half man and half horse, it's a centaur. the centaur, right? What they call fancy schmancy term is a liminal being. The liminal being, basically. Exi- it, it exists in lots of different mythologies you have this like the sphinx faun. right the fawn right where it's like a half man and a ha- and a half animal right The point is is that you can have multiple beings existing in the same but the liminal being exists in a state of tension because it like left the category of one being right but on the other hand it still strictly belongs with that category the human being that's a, that has the horse body he's a human being right? he talks about that's the identity but at the same time like he still didn't leave being a horse so the human being and the way the neshama relates to the goof, it's not just that we have a partnership that's one level of looking at it. you have the neshama as the rider and the goof as the horse it's much deeper than that the Meshech says, "This is not just about Moshe Rabbeinu. This is Iker Tachlis Habriya, the main purpose of existence, Lezake Chachomer to purify our physicality. Our job is not to have the horse and the rider, and the horse is guiding the rider. We're supposed to elevate the horse. The horse is supposed to. The horse itself is supposed to reach the Madrega of being like the rider." The pasuk says, "Umi Bisari elokah." From my flesh, I see God. I'm going to see godliness in my flesh. Sarah is convincing Hagar to get married to Avram Avinu, and Hagar feels unworthy. And the words that Sarah says to her are shocking. Ashrecha shesachisa li daveik baguf Rashi and How wonderful is it that you can attach yourself to such a holy body? Not such a holy soul, to such a holy body, Avraham Avinu's body itself was elevated. So it's not that we're living with two contradictory things necessarily. The way the Ramchal explains it is that we have these two opposites within us and one of the two is going to win. One of those two is going to win. You can have a person who just allows the physicality to take over right? You can have the opposite happen. That the neshama elevates the body. The neshama elevates the body. The body itself is holy. But if a person just lets things happen, then what ends up happening is is that he lowers his neshama, Rahmanul Yitzchelani. But you have, we have the ability to lower the power of our physicality. Ironically, the Nazis, Yimach Shama in World War II, when they wanted to quote-unquote justify their atrocities, they said the Jews were unter-menschen, unter means under and menschen is a person, they were like below subhuman. And the ultimate irony is, who was the one who lost their humanity? They were the ones who destroyed their own humanity, right? By them giving into whatever demonic yetzirah that they had, they destroyed their own Sarasa Adam. They destroyed their own humanity by that. Fine. Somebody walks up to you and says, hi, I see you're Jewish. I see you're wearing a yarmulke. I want to be more spiritual. I want to become a more spiritual person. Throw it out to the floor, what any advice? I want to be more spiritual. Somebody asks what would you answer to such a person? The person goes up to you and says, I want to be more spiritual. What? A Jewish. Jewish person. Hi, I'm Jewish. I'm hearing about Judaism. I, I want to be more spiritual. Send them to a person give them books, yeah, books. Learn more. okay so to lo- to learn more yeah. great yeah. that's right <laughs> <laughs> if chant if chant does, does not make you more spiritual we decided we're on a rant. what do you think all of, recounting all of these statements we're just going to talk about it at random it like you one more statement. One they did one tell them to read Charm and talk about sure it. Like, you also know, read, the is a Charm, like all these, all these muster safers is really how you become more spiritual. I mean, the whole Blaine. thing is, I wouldn't go into this, but like, this is Charm, is like the whole thing is like, yeah, you know, building yourself up to become that, start, wow. Stop, stop down, start davening first, man. Yeah. Okay, know, so yeah. davening. Yeah, yeah. Davening works, yeah. Before, before the muster's Right, but right. like, because, what does davening do? Davening makes you... Focus uh-huh. inward. You have to focus uh-huh. inward. You gotta meditate uh, meditation is a whole dominating right. meditative thing. Reach, right. Like, so, so 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 being over. in touch with yourself and yeah. saying how do I need On to old grow? Get ready to Beautiful. A God. Yeah. beautiful. <laughs> I think <laughs> so I think that know? another way of looking okay. at therapy is what we call Khajban hanefesh that's what therapy is therapy is a person being in touch with themselves with their struggles and trying to grow does that make sense right, but the he- 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 he first requires an accounting you have to account for yourself first before you can really grow his own Areas that you need right. To right. In other words, right. right. Exactly. In other words, first I have to realize what what issues are, and then I have to take take a, take responsibility yeah, for it. In fact, this might be no funny. Not funny. Interesting. tidbit. Uh, I've been taught, and I've mentioned many times in the course of my work, that therapists do only two things: confront and interpret. The con- okay, so confrontation the is the that's is clear? Sort of mirror and saying, look, Yoshua, "Look, look how angry you, you are. You look at what you did. You, you, know, uh-huh. uh-huh. you own this. Uh-huh. That, you, you know, uh-huh. that you were jealous. Right. That you, you know, it's, 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 right. And then the interpretation right. is where it comes from. That what the wow. Hmm. It. Right. Incredible. So one of the things are just so fascinating about being a joke and contrasting it with other religions is how active and how hands-on it is i'm not just meditating about god i'm taking leather boxes and leather straps wrapping them around my arm right i'm supposed to bow here and not there right to learn the lachas where i learned gemara I was with Sheman you almost have to be like an architect and thinking about construction, building a mikvah, Erevin, and so on. It's such a physical, physically active lifestyle. There's so many actions that you're doing. If you would contrast that with the monastery mode, right? So you see the person you know, just sitting there and chilling out and so on. I remember uh, learning a little bit about mindfulness. And there was a scientist who said, oh, we measured um, the brain scans, fMRI functional magnetic resonance imaging of the brains of people who have been doing meditation for 10,000 hours or 30,000 hours. And I thought to myself, gosh, that is an awful amount of time to be sitting and doing nothing as a Jew, it's unfathomable. Again, not taking away from meditation. But the point is, being a Jew is active. Active, being involved in the world. The Ramchal of Moshe Chaim Lutzatah, the 18th century profound philosopher of everything Jewish, says, Hashem designed the world, where we have a physical body that performs physical actions and that transforms our physical body into being spiritual. If you want to be spiritual, you want to transform every aspect of your essence, get your body involved in it. He takes it a step further. It's not the pshat that Hashem created the Torah and then, okay, there needs to be a man to fulfill the Torah. The Ramchal says it's the opposite. Hashem created man and then Hashem looked at man and says, Gosh, man needs to improve in these areas in order to achieve his state of completion. So he designed the Torah to create a system where man could be perfected. It's not the Pshat that Man is a way to have the Torah fulfilled. Ramchal says it's the opposite. Hashem wanted to do good to man and the Torah and the mitzvos, Every little detail of the Torah and the mitzvos, all perfect a different detail of our physical existence. So that's on the world of mitzvos. The same thing applies. Using the physical world properly in a non-mitzvah sense. What well, is an example of that? Using the physical world in a non-mitzvah context, but in, in a kosher way, in a good way. What is an example of that? Yeah. Anything. Anything. Any example. Don't think too hard. Walking. Going for a walk. Okay. Right? can go for a walk. Okay, that might be be a mitzvah to go for a walk taking care of your physical health. Okay. Taking a shower. Okay, human dignity. Great. So the Ramchal says, any time that I partake of the physical world without any avayrus involved, number one. Number two, I'm not overly indulgent. I'm not overly selfish. And number three, I have kavana. I have intent that what I'm doing is to bring out something good and special. The physical world itself, the Ramchal says something shocking, using the physical world properly becomes a vehicle to elevate me spiritually on the same level as a physical mitzvah itself, like the Tariyat mitzvahs. And what's the purpose of the mitzvah? A real American. What? <laughs> what's the purpose of the mitzvahs? <laughs> well, the, mitzvah, the, 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 the mitzvahs are non, uh, non-negotiables that we must do in order to access. But whether I choose to get uh, have a, p- a profession in profession A or profession B, if I'm doing that without averas right, how do I spend my free time? right? So I could watch a movie provided that there are no Averas involved. I'm not looking at inappropriate. Pictures, or right? They usually don't pick ugly women to be actri- act- actresses. right? Right. So I'm, 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 I'm finding something which is relaxing for me, and it's healthy. Great, beautiful. The Ramchal says that documentary that you just watched is the same as putting on filling. It's the same as putting on stunt. Revolutionary. I'll read the words for you. I'm going to read the words for you. says, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. If you have a chance to look at this, Chelek Aleph, Perek at, Read the whole thing. It's magnificent. HaShem. Adam When a person is sunk in the world of physicality, mitoich From within the physicality itself and involved being involved in, in the and in body, <laughs> bodily things. <laughs> you can access that shleimus. <laughs> to the contrary. How are you going to elevate your physical body? Specifically by being involved in the physical world. I'm involved in the physical world. With my physical body, I'm elevating my body itself. I'm going to turn the darkness into light. The shadow of death is turned into shining light. Magnificent, beautiful words. And not just that, and he says that's what the Pesach means when it says, Hashem told us, commanded us all the mitzvahs. That's what the mitzvahs are for, to elevate us.
1: And again, he says,
0: (laughs) <laughs> with regard to using the world as itself. <laughs> Shem, I'm reading the words for you. I didn't make it up. The same way a person accesses that elevated level by doing a mitzvah, if you relax in a holy way, taking care of yourself, that you should feel good, that you should be present for your family, awesome. Based on this whole idea, what happens to the body after a person passes away? What happens to the body itself, the physical body? What should happen? So the Pasuk says about Maish Rebbeinah, what happened? It says, when Ma- Maish Rebbeinah was 120 years old and he was in, he was in peak physical condition, Rashi says, Like Kasa, even after Maesha Benu died his body is in perfect shape. Why? Because Maesha Binu elevated his whole self. And when he elevated his whole self his body achieved the eternality of the soul. And guess what? That happens to us too. Because we're also doing mitzvahs with our body. We might not be on the Madriga of attack of Meisher no Our bodies may decompose, but we are all going to have Tiyas Amesim. After a yid passes away, they have Tiyas Amesim. And the Ramchal says when Amesim means your body and your soul are together forever. That is Tiyas Amesim. You're not just having your neshama be there, Ramchal. Your body and your and your soul are together forever. I thought that the, the time of Mashiach is supposed to be uh, yeah we're gonna we're gonna unpack that how, to, how Mashiach T'asam Aesim Gan then we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna have to unpack that yeah we're gonna unpack that Mir Tashem we'll get to that what? Gilgulim oh, Gilgulim like, like, like how can you bring your Shama these be together because you have Yama, where you have this like uh, Rabbi had the had the what was it? Uh, had the um, neshama of Moshe Rabbeinu, didn't he? So, so you're saying how do how do Gilgulam work, and whose body do you get? That's a fun that's a that's a fun question. Yeah. will we'll hopefully get to that. Although that last one, I don't I don't even know what to say. That's a great question. <laughs> to make it very practical, let's be very real and very practical because this is more esoteric. Moshe Rabbeinu himself had a gradual path of greatness. When Moshe Rabbeinu encountered the burning bush, it said a a few things. Moshe Rabbeinu said, he saw this fire in the bush, the burning bush. Then he saw the malach, and then Hashem spoke to him. Three different levels. Rabbeinu Mechai explains why he had these three levels. He gives a beautiful mashal. Imagine you're in a dark room, pitch black, and then someone switches on the lights bright what are you gonna now, do we're gonna stick with this, right we're you pursuing. cringe yeah. right it's, it's too much you can't handle it a person who's sitting in darkness for a long time if you go all of a sudden suddenly and you look at the sun it's, it's it's too much it's too much to handle the same thing applies to the world of spirituality and the same thing applies to myhaenu Myhaenu himself first has to see the fire. He first has to see the burning bush. After he sees the burning bush, then the Malach speaks to him. After the Malach speaks to him, then Hashem speaks to him. Rabbeinu Mechai explains the same thing applies to every Jew. Hashem educated us before we got the Torah with a few mitzvahs at the, in the city called Marah, which we're learning about this week's especially again. Afterwards we had the Aserah Dibras, and afterwards the rest of the Torah throughout the time in the desert. Therefore, we find that a person needs to take it gradually. How do we do this gradually in this elevation of our physical world? The Psham and the Rosh of Gradna in pre war Europe. Has a magnificent essay, magnificent essay about selflessness. Magnificent. And he explains what the idea of holiness is from a Jewish perspective. Uh, What does it mean, Kedashim, to you? A Jew should be holy. He says the definition of holiness does not mean meditating in a monastery. You might be separating yourself from the world, but from a Jewish perspective, holiness does not just mean getting away from something else. It means dedicating yourself to a higher cause. Right? The concept of being in the Gemara, we have I'm something. To be makdish something doesn't just mean I throw it away so that no one can have access to it. It's that I'm dedicating it for a higher cause. The mitzvah of so, Kudayi Shemtiyu, Rup Shem and Shkab says, is the foundation of what it means to be a Jew. And at a baseline, what that means is, do not do anything that has no benefit for anyone except for yourself. I'm not sure whether I should eat this extra cookie at the Kiddush or not. Is there any reason to do it? It's geschmack to have a Kiddush, and you should have an enjoyable Kiddush. I'm full. I had good stuff already. What is that extra cookie going to do? No. But so the extra cookie is going to be maybe more self-indulgent. Shabbos is not a good example. Shabbos, you have eating Shabbos. Uh, it's not, not so That's true. <laughs> Shabbos a lot of excuses. But the point is, everything that a person does for themselves can be looked at as an act of selflessness to help my family, to be there for my spouse, to be there for my kids, to be there for my community. But picking some way of expanding my version of myself to be beyond and then the cookie that I eat sucked Ramchal, it's like putting on Tvillin. I'm putting on Tvillin again. So, what? Ice cream you have is I on what? If you are using that in a way there the Ramchal says that there's number one, there's no Averis there's no involved, number one. Number two, I'm using it L'Shem Shemaim, because I know that a human being needs to have some pleasures in this world in order to feel happy and centered and you do it for that reason. Yes. Shocking! It's such a revolutionary, He's so Jewish. When you hear it, it's like this is Yiddishkeit. This is so Jewish. So that's 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 the Kavana. Hashem should help us become holy, taking on this journey of Meisher Abeno, this man's road to angelhood, becoming more mitzvah centered, ensuring that our engagement in the physical world. We didn't even talk about parnasa. How I go to work. How I behave at work. The honesty, I'm Kiddush the right. Hashem, taking care of our physical body, making sure that our engagement with the physical world always has an element of selflessness and giving, and making these holy decisions will help us take some steps along man's journey to angelhood.